You are listening to the Wesley Seminary Podcast out of Wesley Seminary at Iwu. Your host today is Dr. Aaron Perry, Assistant Professor of Pastoral Care. Working with emerging pastors, working with millennials, working with people fresh out of college. Uh, our guest today is Pastor Miles Welch. Uh, Miles is the Leadership Expansion, the director, executive director of Leadership in- Initiatives at Twelve Stone Church. I first got to know uh, Pastor Miles as uh, learning from him in their um, as their director of their residency program, and we had a couple of residents in our church. Uh, we're going to jump right in today. If you're not familiar with Pastor Miles, I encourage you to listen to a previous podcast we, we did on emotional intelligence, and that'll bring you right up to speed. But I just want to jump right in, say thank you, Miles, for being with us today. Great, glad to be here. Thanks. And uh, just just launch us in. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk to you about how what you have learned about working with emerging pastors, people that are maybe just finishing college, just finishing seminary. They they're eager. They want to learn. They want to grow. They want to work. And they're they're coming out of various contexts. And and part of your role was to help acclimate them to how they would be a success in ministry. Uh, just start us out. What what did you find most their their greatest need was with the students that you were working with? What did you find was the greatest need that those students just emerging that they needed you to help them navigate or they needed you to to help teach them? What was the greatest need that they brought with them? Yeah, I think I mean today, uh, people graduating college and and I, we're talking specific about people headed into ministry, correct? Yes. Um, like like to. Today, it's very different than, than, you know, I think 30, you know, 20 years ago. Um, they just have such limited experience in actually doing ministry. So I would say, I, I have a couple thoughts, but my first thought is this. What they really, really need is a safe environment. To somebody, They need a, like, you know, in driver's training, they've taken all the tests, and now somebody needs to give them the keys mm. and, and sit next to them while they learn how to actually drive. And I, I think I think the school system and and you know Bible colleges and seminaries are are the best place to learn things like theology and church history and 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 uh, I think that those are much better environments than the church. I think the the professors have spent a lifetime studying the Bible and theology and and so their ability to deliver great ahas that are that are biblical, theological, that are mental and form a foundation of thinking. Um, and then adding on top of that, I think that's why that's quite frankly why we started doing residency is we thought that in the same way, uh, adding to that foundation of, of education with some actual experience uh, was a needed component because, you know, again, you don't learn how to swim in a classroom. You learn how to swim in a pool. And and so at some point, getting them into the pool and helping them actually learn how to flesh it out with a foundation so that they're theologically grounded and understanding the the context of the world in which they live um, just makes a ton of sense. So uh, they actually need the experience. Now, if there's any other things, maybe that's a little too broad. Um, I would say, gosh, I, I'm, I'm resisting the urge to sound like a mean old man that just says work ethic. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but, I do think that's a needed component, but but let, let me say it differently. I think I would go back to to the idea that they need someone who really authentically loves them and and is inviting them into a mentoring relationship where they actually 
uh, here's here's the phrase that we would say at 12 Stone. It's more, we care more, uh, uh, we want more for you than from you. Mm. And that kind of a relationship where that where it's safe to explore their leadership gifting over time, that's what they need. They want they need a mentor who cares more for them, wants more for them than from them. I'm hearing definitely some resonance of uh, some of the research coming out of the Fuller Youth Institute. You even used the phrase of, of giving them the keys and learning to sit by them as they as they learn how to drive. And they have the phrase of keychain leadership, where you're, you're actually turning some level of responsibility or over, over to a person, not to then like walk away and hope they, they drive correctly, but to sit with them and to go with them. It's real responsibility, right. but also real relationship that goes with it. And that's Fuller's been finding right. Relationship is foundational to this working. Uh, I would say that 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 blend was was vital in in my first two churches of getting a sense of real responsibility. That if this goes well, it's on you, and if it goes bad, it's on you. But it also wasn't just tossed out there, right? There there was good support and structure put in place to help me. Right. Do and and if I wasn't, that I could go and ask for help, and I wasn't going to be thought less of, right? That responsibility and relationship were both really key. Uh, to my own getting into ministry successfully getting along, right. so to speak. And that's what I hear you saying. Exactly. I mean, I mean, those two, like when my, when my daughter got her, uh, you know, was learning how to drive is she, she, I mean, I just, it's, this is so true. And this is such a great analogy in my opinion of how people graduate college. She said to me, uh, so, you know, for the first time ever, I put her in the driver's seat of my car. Now this is a kid who'd been in cars her whole life. And, She's watched me drive a car forever and she's passed all the tests and she sat in the driver's seat for the first time and she looked down at the, at the, the pedals and she said, dad, which one makes it go and which one makes it stop? <laughs> yeah. Because she didn't know anything about driving. She just passed some tests and watched me drive. And, and so I literally had to teach her and I love it. You know, she's driving, but I'm there and I love her and I'm patient with her while she figures it out. Uh, I think that's, that's, that is the missing, has been the missing element, and one of the reasons why I'm so pleased that so many churches are turning to residency programs, uh, not because the church needs them, but because the the people graduating college really need churches to do residencies so that they can figure it out in the context of a church. I mean, when you think about students coming out 23, 24, 25, 26, somewhere along the line, for a lot of them, it's been it's been that long of an investment right they not all but, right. but some will have grown up in the church they'll be having been invested in in sunday school along the way different forms of youth group and discipleship programs small groups ministries they've been sent to to camps and retreats and conferences and then and then for them to to not have that support right at that crucial time of getting started it's not it's not a lack of it's not a loss of just four years of college or six years of college and seminary whatever it is it, it's almost a, a loss of 20, 20 plus years of local church investment in this person being shaped right. and formed and affirmed for leadership. And I think that that's been a really helpful paradigm for me to get that the the way that we we have to honor the work of leaders and, and local churches that have gone before us whenever we get these students coming in to our, our churches that are, are just starting out. Um, we have to honor all the work and investment that's gone into them um, by how we tr treat them and help them and believe in them and come alongside them. That, that's a, there's a lot of investment that's gone into every person that's stepping into that potential role. 
for sure. For sure. That's a great thought. Let me let me flip the question around and say, so we've talked about the, the most important needs of church, of uh, emerging pastors. What have you found has been uh, the most important kind of growth edge of people who are bringing them under their wings? So the, the people who are bringing these pastors in, what have you found has been the most important thing for these leaders to know? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I, I, you know, I, I, I do very few things, but I try to do them pretty well. For me, I would say it comes back to challenge. Um, I, I think we've been taught somehow along the way that millennials are fragile um, hmm. and therefore we need to treat them, you know, with kid gloves. The problem is the real church is, does not treat you like you're fragile. Hmm. <laughs> right. Hmm. And, and so, so now, now I, what I don't mean is being mean to them for no reason or, or, uh, you know, just being, you get it, being tough to be tough. I just mean preparing them for actual ministry is, is, is a lot of truth. It's a lot of, man, that's not going to cut it in the real world. Or, or, you know, we, we, when we bring somebody into our church, who's a resident, the first three months is all about work ethic. And we do, they, they come in and we give them a task. Let's say we have them call 50 kids or invite them to a camp. Well, when they get done with those 50 phone calls, we assess how fast they called. We assess what did they do with the kids they didn't call. We assess uh, how, how creative did they get with solutions. Um, uh, we assess how, how many kids actually showed up. I mean, we, we get into the weeds with them because we recognize in the real world the, the, the ability to just work like that matters. And so we, and, and a lot of times they have not been challenged in, in basic functions of things like work ethic. And so I, I think, you know, and, and, and I think that has to be done with kindness. It has to be done again. I'll always say this because we want more for them than from them. And they know that, and it's in the water that they, the more you care about somebody, the more you can challenge someone and the more you can help them if you're challenging them while caring about them. And so, so we, we, I think we provide a very kind and caring environment by where we really challenge somebody. We just had a resident. This is such a fascinating. We just had a resident um, start in, in the beginning of June. It's been three or four months or weeks and he's just not a smiler. He just, he just, he's just doesn't smile very much and it's costly him and he just doesn't seem welcoming and it's not gonna you know that no and and so we sat him down and we said listen man we we think you have a lot of potential but you're just gonna have to no one's gonna want to know you if if you don't smile when you smile the whole world opens up for you and so we just need you to smile like 10 times more than you do Hmm. and he said no one has ever told me that thank you and so again not in a negative way but just in a very practical way giving them the, the, these types of challenges. I mean, that's a, that's a very simple challenge, but I'm, t- I'm telling you, you know, if you've ever been around somebody who doesn't smile, it, it, it's hard to lead when nobody wants to be around you. Right. Yeah. And, and so anyways, you get, you get my point. Well, we, I used to call it with our, with students that were coming under me was don't give people a, a 
don't give people a reason to get, make a bad interpretation of who you are. And, and just that outward comportment, that outward demeanor make, gives people uh, an interpretation of who you are, like unapproachable or, or sullen or right. optimistic. And that, that's, I mean, impossible to operate in ministry and spiritual leadership if people don't think you're approachable and, and think that you're, you're grumpy. It's impossible leadership. Um, I had a right. tremendous favor that was given to me one time by a colleague. And, and uh, she said, she said, uh, Aaron, sometimes when your door is open, you are, you're welcoming and interruptible. And she said, sometimes when your door is open, there's this energy that emanates from your office that says, uh, do not bother me for any reason. And I had to learn. I mean, it's a very simple technique. Right. Whenever I'm in that kind of work mode, whatever it is, but just close the door. I mean, it, it was so simple, but it that technique opened my eyes to some self-awareness. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that I found we, we all need at various points of our lives is just self-awareness. How am I presenting myself? What do other people, what interpretations about me are other people forming? And how am I contributing to those interpretations, right? We can, we can't control sure. all those things, but we can influence them to a good extent. And sometimes we're influencing them in ways that we have no idea why, or we've just grown blind to, or, you know, uh, at worst apathetic to, right? And I think that those kind of reminders from loving and caring and committed leaders are, are gold, right? That's a huge opportunity, huge, right. huge opportunity for people to learn. Right. And we do that with, I mean, you know, demeanor, we do that with, I mean, we give every, every incoming resident a Bible test. And if they don't do well in the Bible test, then we're sitting down with them going, man, listen, we, we, you know, we think you're going to, like, if you want to succeed, like the world doesn't need another biblically illiterate student pastor. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's build a plan together. What yeah. can we do to help you? Yeah. Let's try to grow. The, you know, so it's, it, so it's not just one thing or work ethic or whatever. It's, it's, how can we bring our resources around you and specifically intentionally develop you? And I, I would say what a what a uh, person graduating with college needs more than anything. And now I'm now I'm I'm actually I'm believing what I'm saying more than now that I'm now that I'm hearing myself speak. Uh, uh, they need a coach who believes in them and will personally develop them, which is different than training. Training is throw a bunch of people in a room and throw information at them. Development is sitting down with somebody and having a conversation with someone. Mm. And and those are different things. The training is almost always. I, I like training. You you know I think I think there's a number of things that work best by training. I I, I you know I, I do a lot of training, but but I think develop very few people ever have the gift of a competent developer, competent coach developing them. And I think, man, if, if, if we could have senior pastors that are hiring, you know, guys right out of our, you know, uh, pastors right out of school, or if we could have whoever's running residencies or whatever church think of themselves as a, a coach personally developing each of the residents, then I think, I think they will uh, much more likely land on the growth scenarios and growth arenas uh, for their, for the individuals graduating, but everyone needs that. Everyone needs that. I think, I think it's such an important distinction between coaching and training and the, and both are necessary, both are important. And they both cover different things and they both have different potential. I think that's really important. Right. I, I just want to finish with this thought because, uh, this just really resonated with me. You talked about how do you use the resources that are at your disposal for the sake of, of other people. And that's a mindset that is cross applicable, uh, 
cross applicable that it's not just churches of 15,000, 1,500, that 100 that have those. Re- Every church has resources, right? Forget about oh, the yeah. size. Every church has resources that can be deployed in in the discipleship of God's people and to to build up those whom God has called into service. It's just developing a, a mindset of seeing the resources and and a, a mindset of abundance that if I share what I've got, I'm not going to run out. I'm going to probably get something back in it, right? There's going to be there's going to be enough. And uh, if I have that abundance mindset and eyes of faith to see what qualifies and counts as a resource um, and how that ties in is that the trainer often has knowledge and we need knowledge passed along. And the coach often has that that uh, wisdom and and belief, right? They're different kind of skill sets. And and I often say to to our our students and, and student pastors I've worked with that you are the best resource that 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 you've got, right. right? You've got money, you've got skills, you've got uh, education, you've got, all, those are all resources and put them to use, but you, you and right. your time and your investment is the best resource you've got. And uh, how do you steward that? Well, I think it's just a, a powerful reminder for me. And I think it's a, a powerful reminder for our listeners as well. Right. And sometimes, I mean, again, hope is a resource. You can pass hope to someone, yes. vision, yes. faith, you don't have to be a mega church to have resources. Hope is a free resource mm. that if you give it to someone, you don't even lose it. Mm. Uh, and and same with faith and same with, you know, courage. And, and so passing resources to someone else in a developing development relationship doesn't have to be a one-sided I give and then I don't have kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Completely agree with you. Uh, that that makes me think about a brand new podcast episode I want to run. Or what are, what are free resources that everybody in the church has, and how do we how do we deploy them? How do we put them into use? But uh, yeah. not, not a story. Part- yes. Yeah. Uh, hope, courage, love, story, vision. Uh, right. You're you're sparking right. my you're sparking my imagination here. So you've you've passed a free resource onto me today. Thank you, Miles. Imagination, imagine anyways, creativity. Anyways, oh. you could go have fun, man. Go with it. I'll, I'll listen to it when you, when you set it up. All right. Uh, joining us today has been Pastor Miles Welch. Miles is the uh, executive director of leadership initiatives at 12 Stone Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, thanks so much, Pastor Miles, for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Encourage our listeners to check out the other podcasts with Miles on emotional intelligence and to share these resources with others. This is a free resource that you can share with other people by uh, clicking share and sharing this around your on your social media and however else you share such resources. So thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. Have a great day. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name Wesley Seminary.